everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through Sunday, September 18th, and we started the Challenger series this week, and there was some history that was made. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it was uh, quite an exciting week, I guess. It has been very, very busy. Despite the fact that we didn't have a Junior Grand Prix event, we were still following two major competitions with the U.S. Classic and Lombardia Trophy, which just wrapped up earlier today. Mm -hmm. So it's been very, very busy. Yes. Well, we are in September, and September 15th actually starts Hispanic Heritage Month, and we just wanted to mention that because I think there are some going to be some interviews and things that U.S. Figure Skating and maybe some of the other federations are going to do to highlight some of our Hispanic skaters. Figure Skaters Online did an article with Jacob Sanchez. Um, If you did not see that, we will put a link in the show notes. And that's just a reminder that everything we discuss will be in our show notes. Yes. We try to make it easier for you guys to be able to go and check out the articles or results or anything else that we've been discussing on the episode. Mm-hmm. So because it's so busy, we're just going to jump right in with some of our event results. We've got some comments on a few things. Again, some of these episodes, when there are events, they may be a little bit longer because we may want to bring up some news, tidbits, etc. that come up. Things that happen, like what happened in the men's (laughs) event at the U.S. Classic. This is also a reminder. It's very early in the season for the senior skaters. Junior skaters and below have been skating and competing since I believe late April, early May. The seniors have only been competing for a month and some of them made their debuts at these competitions. Mm -hmm. So please be kind (laughs) when you're out there tweeting about (laughs) competitions. Think a little bit about the time of year and these programs have a lot of mileage left to go. There's a lot of changes (laughs) that will probably be made between now And the final competition. So please be kind when you're commenting. Yes. (laughs) It was a bit disappointing that the schedule for the U.S. Classic was from Tuesday to Thursday. I didn't see as many fans in attendance when I was watching the live stream. That bums me out because Lake Placid is a great venue. They've done a lot to try to showcase the history of the venue. So I'm disappointed people couldn't see it. I really wanted to go, but yeah, <laughs> there's only so much PTO that's in my bank. Yep. Same here. Same here. <laughs> I mean, because it's not far for both of us to make the yeah. drive to Lake Placid, but because it was Tuesday to Thursday, that would require us to take four days off instead of on a weekend where we could maybe like take two or three, you know, it was just a lot for, you know. Um, to take time away from our real jobs to go to Lake Placid. We would have loved to be there, obviously, but, you know. Oh, definitely. (laughs) And in a later episode, Gina and I will sit down and talk about 
a little bit about us behind the scenes because we didn't really mention that in our preview episode. But one thing that you guys should know is that in addition to covering skating on our respective websites, we do also have full-time jobs (laughs) and other outside interests. Yes. uh, Plus family. So there's a lot to try to fit in. So if once in a while during this season, you notice that an episode is available on Tuesday instead of Monday. <laughs> it's probably because we are trying to balance very busy schedules. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we decided, well, we have busy schedules as it is. Let's just add a podcast to it. So now yes. we're trying to, re- <laughs> you know, work things around with our real job, with both IDC and FSO our other things, because as you know, Daphne does other podcasts as well, and and then we threw in this podcast too. So we're you know we are busy, and so we try to you know arrange as much as we can. And again, we would have loved to be in Lake Placid. We just weren't able to make it work for our schedules. One other thing I want to mention that was a little disappointing, um, and I know a lot of people were talking about this was. First, international fans weren't able to watch the competition because it was on Peacock and Peacock geo-blocked it. So only people Mm -hmm. with a um, Peacock subscription in the U.S. could have watched the competition. And then the big one that was very disappointing, and I felt this one too, um, was that it was not on demand. And Mm -hmm. that was because of live streaming and copyright issues, I believe. And I'm a little familiar with this because I do live streaming for my real job. And you are able to live stream copyrighted music, but it's when it's archived that is the issue. And I know they've gotten, you know, through with YouTube. YouTube is able to do it. I mean, you don't get away with it completely with YouTube. They will notify you if it's a copyrighted song and sometimes it will be muted. But, you know, this is what the issue we believe is for the reason why it was not on demand. Hopefully Peacock and U.S. Figure Skating and NBC will come to some sort of agreement so that we can see events not, you know, on demand and what not just when they're live. So, but yeah, that was very disappointing. I know some skaters were even saying that they couldn't even go back and watch themselves. So hopefully there will be some sort of um, arrangement made. So look for later in the season so that uh, programs and competitions will be made available after the event. I hope so, because one of the most difficult things for me, when trying to watch so that we could talk about the competition, mm-hmm. <laughs> was the timing of events did not coincide with my work <laughs> yeah. yeah, obligations. So I watched when I could, but it was not easy to be able to watch things yeah. and to not be able to watch on demand. Right. We've gotten used to over time being able to go back and watch these events. Mm-hmm. So I hope they get things worked out soon. Yes. But after that, (laughs) let's talk about the men because some really big news came out of Lake Placid in the men's free skate. Yeah. Did you hear that quad axle happen? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I did. It's everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. So if you did not know, Ilya Mullinen, he went for the quad axle in his free skate 
and it was called clean by the technical panel. It looked effortless. So let me just say when I was watching it, I started counting and I was like, okay, I counted four and a half, but I had to wait until I heard like reaction from the arena before mm-hmm. I could say that was definitely a quad axle. And when I heard like people cheering, I was like, that was a quad axle. Um, so yeah, he did it. Um, I'm so I'm a little disappointed I wasn't there to see it. And, and it was kind of disappointing that there weren't a lot of people there to witness it. Because I think we all thought he was going to do it at Skate America. But I think because he had a rough short program with two falls and no combo, he figured, let me just go for it. But I also just want to point out one thing. He had other jumps in that program that were worth more than that quad axle. If he didn't do the quad axle, we would have been talking about these jumps and not the quad, you know, we would have, those would have been the highlight, not a quad axle. But he did a quad Lutz Uller triple Salkow that had a 17.98 base value. And then the one that really threw me was the triple Lutz triple axle sequence that had a 15.29 base value that he did at the end of the program. <laughs> you know, it was just like, what is going on? So this was Ilya's first ISU Challenger gold medal. He won bronze in his Challenger Series debut in Austria last fall. So um, Francis Kevin Amos, he was the leader after the short program. He finished in second. He skated to Gladiator. Um he fought through that free skate. He just looks to be in better condition than he was at this time last year. I, I just remember how he was at Skate America. And so I'm just seeing he looks really strong right now. Um, and again, took home the sec- uh, silver here. And I like Gladiator for him. I think it's a great program. And so, yeah. And then Camden Polkinen finished in third. He took home the bronze. Not a perfect skate for Camden, but not a bad skate either. I, it, you could just tell it's his first competition. So it wasn't mm-hmm. what we saw Camden at the end of last season. It's Camden adjusting to his new training situation because he's now training in New York while he's going to school at Columbia. He is working with Alex Johnson, and I love that because um, Camden is his strength is his artistry. And working with someone like Alex Johnson, whose strength was artistry, I just can't wait to see how this coaching relationship um, grows. And so, yeah, he won bronze here. It's his first challenger medal. Unfortunately, Daniel Grossel had a hard fall on his quad loop, causing him to crash into the boards. He was unable to finish the program, and he withdrew from the event. I was a little concerned. I was hoping it was not a major injury. Um, He posted on Instagram that he's okay. So that's good. I'm glad. Um, It's just unfortunate he was not able to finish the competition here. Jimmy Ma had a strong free skate. He had an early mistake on his opening quad, but other than that, the program looked pretty good. Uh, The music he skated to was Claire de Lune, but it changes to this techno style Claire de Lune from the original. And it really fits Jimmy's style, but I'm not sure of it right now. And maybe the program will grow on me, um, but I wasn't mm-hmm. just feeling it right away. Jimmy finished in fifth, which great um, showing for Jimmy as well. Eric Joberg 
had a much better free skate after his rough short program. He had a first in this competition. He landed his first quad, which was a quad sal cow, and he finished the event in ninth place. But that's a little recap of the men's event. Obviously, the highlight was the quad axle from Elia. Well, moving on to the women's event, Yulim Kim moved up from fifth place to claim gold. So it was definitely <laughs> not where you started after the short program, but where you finished up in the free skate. Yes. <laughs> she was followed by Young Yu, who had a beautiful, elegant uh, skate to the Four Seasons. It gave her a bit of a different presence on the ice. Um, Monica Wabi finished in third. Audrey Shin was fourth. She changed her free skate to three musical selections from Christian musician Michael W. Smith. Audrey skated to Michael's The Giving for her short program the last two seasons. The new free skate has that selection along with two other pieces. Program is only a couple of weeks old. Yeah. Well, a little story to share. I actually skated to a Michael W. Smith song for a program for a show with my skating club while I was in college. So, but not the oh. same, none of the same selections that Audrey's skating to, a different one. I don't actually remember the name of it, but yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I also found out while I was watching the competition, I was like, there's a pro, that costume that Audrey's wearing looks very familiar to me. And believe it or not, she was wearing Amelia Murdoch's old short program costume for her short program. Amelia told me Audrey's short program isn't ready yet, and so she let um, Audrey wear her costume. So that was just a little fun fact there. Well, Sonia Hilmer, who, you know, I really appreciate Sonia's style and the creativity. She finished fourth in the free skate and fifth overall in a debut. And other fans were taking <laughs> notice as well, including Canada's Caitlin Weaver, who gave her a shout out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned last week that Jill Heiner was going to go back to her La La Land mm-hmm. free skate from last season. She had a lot of fun. <laughs> I saw a bunch of quote uh, tweet quotes that she gave after her performances. She finished in seventh place, up from ninth after the short program. Yes. Well, moving on to the pairs. It was kind of like a deja vu. It was pretty much the same results that we saw just a week before at the John um, Nix Paris Challenge. So it was kind of the same thing here. Same sort, same um, teams too, which was kind of interesting. So Italy's Rebecca Gilardi and Filippo Ambrosini won their second competition in less than two weeks. Again, John Nix Paris Challenge in New York City was last Friday. And all three medalists competed at both. They skated to a Figaro free skate. He's got the mustache going. It's so them because of Mm -hmm. Italy and an opera. And so I like that. They're a free skate. Emily Chan and Spencer Howe won their second straight silver medal. They're skating to Unchained Melody performed by the cast of Ghost, the musical. There was a lot of expression throughout the program. I really enjoyed the side-by-side double sow cow, double axle, double axle combination they did in their program. And Valentina Palazas and Maximiliano Fernandez won their second straight bronze medal. They had a decent skate for them. I don't know, Daphne, if you got to see their Endgame Marvel Cinematic Universe program. (laughs) 
<laughs> not yet. I want to. <laughs> Pears was one that did not coincide oh. well with my work schedule. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see this one because I'm a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Avengers Endgame is just such a great film. Yeah, well, their costumes really give off the whole Marvel. Um, but I thought the lifts were definitely the highlight of their program. I enjoyed it. And their coach, Jim Peterson, said they're getting the to be determined for Skate America. U.S. figure skating has not confirmed that yet. But if it's their coach saying they're going to Skate America, it's pretty likely they're heading to Skate America. So you that... will get to see it, Daphne. Yes, in person. Yes, I am so excited. Yes, and then Team USA's Maria Mahova and Yvonne Maho finish fourth, and Megan Wessenberg and Blake Eisenhawk finish sixth. Well, in the dance event, I was able to watch the final competitors in the rhythm and free dances. As I mentioned, my work schedule, it, it didn't match up very well, but I was able to watch these performances it's a shame that there's no replay because yeah. I really want to go back and watch a few of the programs again. Yeah. Well, you know, the only reason I was able to see some of this competition, if I was in the office, I would have not been able to see a lot that was during the day. Yeah. I'm still working from home because of COVID. So I actually go back to the office this week. So if the competition was this week, forget it. I wouldn't have been able to see some of this. So, yeah, so, yeah, hopefully this replay thing will get taken care of. But, yeah, moving on to dance. So, Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson, I'd only seen their programs on a fan cam that was taken from the back view from a British competition. So, it was so much more fun to watch them from the front. I really enjoy their free dance. I think it's very them. And I also like that Ice Dance teams, uh, they're selecting these pieces that represent or promote positive acceptance and uh, being themselves, mm -hmm. especially with this program. And I'm a fan of Lady Gaga, so <laughs> I'm going to probably enjoy any programs that are done to her music. Going into second, it was very close between the second and third place finishers. But Ava Pate and Logan Bive did snag the silver. I've seen this program. You've seen this program. <laughs> we saw it in practice. We saw it in performance in Lake Placid. It's great to see the growth that it's had in the last couple of months. The costumes are still evolving. There's still some room for improvement. Um, the bronze medalist, Lorraine McNamara and Anton Spiridonov, also from the United States, they finished one and two at the Lake Placid Ice Dance International. It's flipped here, and McNamara and Spiridonov are getting the bronze. Again, more growth within the program. Mm -hmm. Having seen it two months ago, it's great to see the progression so far. I really wasn't sure what I thought of Lorraine's costume last month, or when I saw it in Lake Placid, but I think it really works for the program. And I'm just happy that ice dancers are now getting the opportunity to not be required to wear a skirt. Yes, yes. But I'm liking that these teams are pushing each other. Because here in Lake Placid, it was reverse order. And then how it was opposite here, but how close of a margin it was. It was less than a point. 
that, you know, determined it. So I, I'm liking this, that we're seeing these matchups happening and it's kind of, you know, really, we've got a lot of strong, and we, we've mentioned this before, a lot of strong dance teams and we're sending out 10 dance teams on the Senior Grand Prix. It's really great. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I was trying to think of a year that we, that the U.S. sent this many teams out and I don't think it's ever happened I think the most is probably seven or eight so this is a really big year um to round out the dance event Katarina Wolfkost and Jeffrey Chen this is their first full senior season they had a mistake in their midline that cost them a lot of points they rebounded and they finished sixth overall I think we're going to see more from this team over the season. Again, it's it transitioning to another level. It's not always just a simple step. Right. Sometimes you go out and you have these performances where you have to work through, you know, the mistakes that happen and how you rebound. Right. So this is another stepping stone for them this season. Yeah, and they're working with new coaches as well. As well mm-hmm. So another adjustment that has to be made as well. When speaking yes. of coaches, there were a lot of recent competitors, now coaches, at this event. We had Scott Moyer and Charlie White both there, and I know there was a lot on Twitter with people, you know, saw them standing not too far from each other at the boards. But we also had Mitchell Islam. Um, Mikhail Brazina, Alexander Johnson. So, yeah, it was nice to see some of the new, the recent um, competitors, now coaches at, at this event. So, and the novice and junior, um, Do you and want- the novice and junior challenge skate took place at this competition as well. It's a annual domestic invitational that's held with the U.S. Classic, either when it's in. Norwood, Lake Placid, Salt Lake City, wherever it is, this competition is usually held at the same time. So in the junior event, Logan Hagasi Chen won the ladies event by almost 25 points. Jonathan Hildebrand won the junior men's event with Tyra Shinohara winning the free skate. Jin Yu Chen and Jack Liu won the ice dance event. They have such a fun free dance to Cowboy Bebop, which I think is a manga or anime yeah, in he, Japan. Yeah, didn't he tell you about that program when he we were did. in Lake Okay. He did. And Cowboy Bebop was also made into a short-lived Netflix series. So I asked him about that. Olivia Island and Dylan Kane won the free dance piece of it. But they had some twizzle issues in the rhythm dance that cost them a lot of points. Dance is unforgiving discipline. It <laughs> the mistakes are costly and rebounding is not as easy yeah. um, as it is in some of the other disciplines. In the novice competition, Hannah Kim, who was intermediate last year, she's a novice this year, won the ladies' event. Zachary Lopinto. Came back from a seventh place in the short program. See, that is the theme in this competition is <laughs> coming from back to the top. And then uh, Sylvia Lee and Rowan Lecoque, who have been very successful this season so far, won Novice Ice Dance. Well, 
Let's move on to Lombardia Trophy. And just a little bit about Lombardia Trophy here. There was a live stream. Um, and it wasn't the greatest live stream. It was freezing. I tried to watch it on Friday for a little bit. And there was it was just freezing on me. And then there was different ca- camera angles that ca- kept moving. I was like, no, mm-hmm. stay on that camera. Stop moving. <laughs> um, so it kind of made it like impossible to watch. Now, they did stream to YouTube on Saturday and Sunday. I unfortunately did not have time to watch it. I know Daphne didn't have time to watch it either. So we're not going to be able to go as much as we did with the U.S. Classic here. But we will give you some of the you know highlights here. Um, pairs was not part of the challenger event. There was a pairs event, but it was not part of the challenger series. So we'll just kind of focus on the challenger event. Well, well, Gina, I did get to watch the free dances today when just before we were recording this, the live stream on YouTube actually was pretty good. So whatever they worked out, I felt it, I felt it was Mm. okay because I had heard the live stream stories from the the day before so i was a little nervous but it did it did work out (laughs) one of the biggest pieces of news that came out of this competition was that italian pair skater and olympian matteo garis announced during the lombardia trophy live stream of the pairs event that he has teamed up with lucretia Bacari, who is a former singles competitor okay all right so hopefully we'll get to see them yeah in the men's event, um, Tomoki Hiwatashi unfortunately withdrew. Um, there's no official confirmation on the reasoning behind that, but if we find out, you can follow us on social media. We will share it. Um, hopefully, if it is an injury, it's not too serious, but of course we wish Tomoki the best mm-hmm. as he gets ready for his whatever next competitions are on his schedule for this season. Such as we had with the U.S. Classic, we also had a skater winning his first Challenger Series gold. Adam Fa finished in first place, moving up from second in the short program to take the gold. Kashiro Shimada, he had such an incredible first place short program, but he was fourth in the free skate. He's also coached by Stefan Lambiel. He's one that's in that training group. Um, Nikolai Memula, who's been very busy. This is his third competition in four weeks. He won silver and gold in his two junior Grand Prix, and he won the bronze here. So he's been very, very busy. Matteo Rizzo was fourth overall, second in the free skate. He landed a quad loop but it was called on the quarter and team USA's Din Chan finished seventh in his challenger series debut. Well, like the men in the women's event, it was Rinka Watanabe who won the women's event. She completed a beautiful triple excellent in her free skate. And as I said, like the men, she moved up from second to claim the gold medal in her challenger series debut. So there wasn't like the men change in from mm-hmm. short program to free skate. 
World champion Kaori Sakamoto, first after the short program, won the silver. And I just want to say I love her short haircut. She looks so good with her short <laughs> hair. I did see that a little bit on the Friday stream when it froze, but I did not see much of her program Friday because I it just kept freezing on me. She is such a happy skater, and she I appreciate is. that with her. I'm glad that after having success at the Olympics and at Worlds last year, she is still back at it this season because I think she has a lot more to give to the sport and I just really enjoy watching her. Mm-hmm. Well, the bronze medalist and one that I enjoyed watching last season a lot and I hope she is just as fun to watch this season, but it's Poland's Ekaterina Kirkova. She just always has this fun presence on the ice. So, um, but congrats to her on the bronze here. Team USA's Amber Glenn and Hannah Harrell finished in fourth and fifth. Well, in the dance event, as expected, Guignard and Fabry won the event for the sixth time and by 28 points. That has to be some record. Six <laughs> times, like six times. <laughs> they looked really ready for the season, especially for now, because this competition is so early, as we mentioned. I liked their free dance. It was a little bit different for them. I loved this spine-looking detail that's on the back of Charlene's costume. Mm. They did receive some plus four GOEs, which was good. They were the the only ones. Mm. Um, Winning the silver medal, Lithuania's Allison Reed and Solius Ambrulevicius had a free dance to Insomnia by the British Electronica group Faithless. Really enjoyed this. I am a techno nerd. I admit it i really enjoy this program i felt like i was on a journey with them dancing at underground clubs Hmm. like in the uk like it just it was fun to me i really enjoyed it they moved up from third to second to take the silver and in third place taking the bronze medal the czech siblings natalie tashlerova philip tashler since they moved to Matteo Zani, he has really helped propel them into medal contention at senior international events. He has really worked with them. Their skating, overall skating style and skills have improved. This program was set to various pieces of music that focused on this on climate change and nature's elements. It's another one of those using art to focus on real life events. So it's something I want to catch up with him to find out what encouraged him to put this piece out there. The costuming was very, very subdued. So the skating was the focus. Um, they've just improved so much. I, um, that this was a great result for them moving into their second senior season. The team USA's Emily Brady and Ian Somerville dropped to fifth in the free dance but still finished fourth overall they have such a beautiful la la land free dance and one of the pieces is a lovely night it's a small duet it's not used much in skating they usually go to some of the more popular Mm -hmm, pieces mm -hmm. like another day in the sun or yeah just some of the others and so it's nice that they um use that So I wanted to mention this. As the season goes on, we're seeing more and more instances of the choreographic assisted jump movement. We're also seeing female ice dancers 
making the best use of being allowed to wear pants and not have to wear a skirt. I like that. (laughs) My final note, I wanted, I had two more things I wanted to say about the dance event. 2014 world champion Luca Lenate was in the Kiss and Cry with Victoria Mani and Carlo Rothlisberger. Okay. Also... Tied into that, he also worked with Natasha Lagouche and Arno Kaffa for a few weeks this summer. I really enjoyed their avant-garde and artistic free dance. The music was Human by an Iranian-Dutch singer named Savdaliza, and then transitions into What About Us by Pink. Oh. Really liked it. I hmm. thought they have definitely improved from last season, and I really enjoyed that performance, so I wanted to point it out. Okay. Well, I like hearing that Luca Lenate was there, another recent competitor, now turned coach choreographer um, in the Kiss and Cry. So, very cool. Well, that's a wrap on our Challenger Series events, but we did have another event that took place this week. It was the final NQS for singles in the Pacific Coast section. It was the 43rd annual Pasadena Open Championships in Pasadena, California. Um, we will. There was a live stream, so if you didn't see it, I believe you can still access it, but we'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes. So Yaroslav Peniat, competed yesterday for the first time since he withdrew from nationals. He needed to get a total score in Pasadena in order to qualify for his sectional singles final in November. Now, you might have saw on Instagram back in um, March that he was having surgery to remove a bump from his right ankle, and he returned to the ice in June and has slowly been getting his triples back since then. And he, I think he's been posting about that on social media. Unfortunately, Yaroslav stopped skating near the beginning of his Elvis Presley medley free skate after popping an axle attempt. It was a waxel. He shook his foot and went over to the referee to announce his decision to withdraw. Um, so we're not sure what this means for him with, you know, the Pacific Coast sectional singles finals in November and if his the season may be done because he's not going to be able to qualify. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Unfortunate um, that he still have, seeming to have some issues um, with his foot and was not able to finish this event. So we'll just have to wait and see what is next for your slot. But Andrew Torgashev again is competing and that's great. And he won this event breaking 200 points total. Higher total score than his first national qualifying series event competition last month. Star Andrews was also in Pasadena, her first full competition of the summer before heading to her international season debut at Nebelhorn, which is this coming week. And Gracie Gold initially was listed in the short program start order, but she is coaching in St. Louis, Webster Groves, Missouri, as confirmed on the Road to Gold Instagram account. Like Star, she is also scheduled for Nebelhorn Trophy this week. Oh, I'm so excited for Nebelhorn. It's like the crown jewel of the Challenger series. It's just been around for so long. Yes. So I'm very excited. Well, just one quick thing about the National Qualifying Series event. U.S. Figure Skating did update their standings after um, the past couple of weeks 
we'll just put a link where you can find those standings in our show notes. And hopefully we'll have the final standings very soon. We've got like one or two competitions left to go with the National Qualifying Series event. So moving on to our general skating news, the Junior Grand Prix in Yerevan, Armenia has been postponed due to safety concerns regarding the developments taking place in the Armenia-Azerbaijan border and protests that are going on in Yerevan. The ISU Council noted that some ISU members had already decided not to attend the event, and considering the uncertainty with safety implications and that this is a junior event with minors, the ISU Council concluded the event could not happen as planned. They are evaluating a postponement to a later date and or the reallocation of the entries to the remaining JGP events of the season. A decision will be made soon. So we're going to keep our eye mm-hmm. on this because I'm guessing they'll want to make a decision in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. So watch our social media. We'll keep it updated with that information. Yeah, disappointing for the skaters who were going to be competing in Armenia, but I think for the safety of all that were going to be heading to that competition, this is the best decision that was made. Agreed. So we got a little update on the whole thing going on with Olympic figure skater Kamila Valieva. The Russian anti-doping agency, agency announced the completion of its investigation. They did not reveal its the results, but that the next step would be to organize hearings in the case, and the hearings will begin in late September and early October. Christine Brennan from USA Today did write an article about it, um, and we will make sure that link is in our show notes, but I saw something in the article that said that maybe this could go on until 2024. That was coming from the U.S. figure skating's lawyer. <sighs> ah. So I'm glad we've got a little update here, but we're still we're still a ways away from, unfortunately, giving out medals. So the ISU Council met on September 7th online, decided to appoint Olympic champion Han Song as the skater member of the Single and Pair Skating Technical Committee. So, China's only English sports TV show, CGTN Sports Scene, tweeted that Han said he's honored to be appointed as the ISU skater member of the Single and Paris Technical Committee. He said for him, this is not only an honor, but also means more responsibility and commitment. He also said he will continue to work hard to contribute more to the development of figure skating in China and even the world and make figure skating more popular with everyone. Han replaced Fedor Klimov from Russia on this committee. Also, the ISU posted entries for Finlandia Trophy. Ugh, if Nebelhorn is the crown jewel then Finlandia Trophy is like the next in line because that's another competition that has just, I I just, it warms my heart because I know that these events have been going on for such a long time. It's taking place on October 5th through 9th in Espoo, Finland. It's the fifth Challenger Series event. Team USA confirmed on their international assignment page that Lindsay Thorngren, Hannah Lofton, who has never competed for Team USA, oh. junior or senior, Dean Tran, Anastasia Smirnova, 
Danielle Sidyantsina, and Caroline Green, Michael Parsons, Caitlin Hawaii and John Luke Baker, and Angela Ling and Caleb Wine in their first senior international. Team Canada is going to be sending Conrad Orza, Leah Pereira, Brooke McIntosh, and Benjamin Mimar, and Laurence Fournier Beaudry and Nikolai Sorensen. Others on the roster include Korea's Jun Hwan Cha and Yilim Kim. Well, the ISU also posted the entries for the Junior Grand Prix Enya, Italy, the final Junior Grand Prix. Now, these entries were posted before the postponement of the Armenia event, so these are probably subject to change if Armenia is not rescheduled and the entries end up being reallocated. Team USA confirmed on their international assignment page that Jenna Hauer and Benjamin Starr and Leah Nesset and Artem Markalov will compete in Italy. Now, Leah and Artem were to compete in Armenia, so this won't change for them. If Armenia is not rescheduled, they'll probably give it, be given a Poland assignment. Um, but Team USA did not put who was going to compete for the women and the men, despite the fact that they're listed on the ISU entries. On their assignment page, it says to be determined for men and women. So we just have to wait and see on that. Skate Canada has not confirmed their assignments on their website. So we're just not going to mention them, but you can see them on the ISU link if you want to see if who is possibly going. Nominations for the U.S. Figure Skating Hall of Fame continue until September 26th. So you still have a few days to nominate an athlete, coach, professional, or contributor. Moving on to recent interviews, this is the only one that we're planning to share this week. CBC Sports did an article on retired athletes struggling after their career ends. They, among the athletes interviewed was Caitlin Osmond, and she had a couple of quotes in this article, and I don't want to share all of it. I wanted to share a few things. She said, it was definitely more difficult than expected. Mentally, retirement is different because you lose a large part of your identity you've had your whole life. So when I stepped out of it, I wasn't prepared. All I knew is that I just couldn't convince myself to train anymore or compete anymore. And this is a really well done article and digs into the need for transitional support for athletes who are moving into a new phase of their life. Yeah, I I don't think the skaters really know what they want to do after they're done skating. Some of them do, I mean, college and stuff, but I think sometimes a retirement comes, you know, not when they expect it. And so how do you go from skating and training and that being your whole focus to then transitioning and figuring out, well, what's next? And so for some, it's not coaching and and being a choreographer. Some want a, you know, dramatic change. Others are, um, you know, they find a way to keep doing skating, but do something different. Like Ashley Wagner, Mm -hmm. I look at that, but you know, and some, again, it's a, again, a clean break. They want to do, they don't want to do skating anymore. They, you know, they're pursuing, college. I look at Sarah Hughes, who's now getting her MBA after she gets her law degree. There's someone there who um, 
you know, is not really doing much in the skating world. So yeah, it's, it's, we always are seeing a lot of these, uh, stories coming out from our retired skaters. And, um, I think this was a well done interview with uh, Caitlin about this. Yes. So moving on to our social media updates, we have a little wedding to talk about. Zach Donahue <laughs> flew to Sydney, Australia and married fellow ice dancer Chantel Carey earlier today, Sunday, well, Australia time. We are recording on Sunday here. Um, no photos have surfaced yet on social media, but we know that wedding was going to happen Sunday because um, there were posts saying best day of my life and then there was best man and maid of honor posts, but no wedding photos yet. So stay tuned to social media if you want like to see those wedding photos. But congratulations to Zach and Chantel. Now there were wedding photos from Sasha Cohen who got married to her uh, fiance Jeffrey Lieberthal in Aspen, Colorado, where the family lives. Sasha and Jeffrey have two children together and longtime friend, U.S. pair skater, ice dancer, Tiffany Stiegler was one of her bridesmaids. So congratulations to Sasha and Jeffrey and Zach and Chantel. Yes. Love is definitely in the air again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Isabella Flores officially announced her new partnership with Ivan Vanya Deskutov. They'll compete next week in the Challenge Cup, which is the final NQS event for Ice Dance in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Kirsten Moore Towers is launching her website on Tuesday, September 20th. Remember, she announced that she was going to be doing a special project with a website, and so we wait to see what that all entails. And finally, as we reported, Sarah Hurtado, Kirill Kalyavin have created a new ice dance school in Spain. It now has a name, SK International Ice Dance School. They are also on social media if you want to follow them. This weekend was a testing period for athletes that want to train there. Well, moving on to our upcoming events for the week. Again, no Junior Grand Prix because of the cancellation of the event in Armenia. But we do have another challenger. It is Nebelhorn Trophy. So we are looking forward to that. And we look forward to talking about it um, next week. So Challenge Cup also takes place. It's the final NQS for singles in the Eastern section, as well as Ice Dance. Our very own Melanie will be on site there. Very cool. Be sure to stop by and say (laughs) hi to her. Yes. If your children, childhood children are competing... She'll be there as the official photographer. Yes. Well, the Austin Autumn Classic in Cedar Park, Texas, is the final NQS event for singles in the Midwest section. Again, we're coming to the end of the NQS events. I know. We're going to know who's going to be at the sectional finals, so I'm excited. Again, though, it's also weird to not be having, like, regionals, sectionals, nationals, and, like, have these different events. But I appreciate that they're changing things up and trying to make it so that the best skaters qualify Mm -hmm. for nationals. So Ice Dance International Tour kicked off on September 17th in Stowe, Vermont. It's going to continue through October 9th. I'm hoping to get to the Portland one. 
Well, ice dreams, remember we talked about ice dreams at the beginning of our, when we started our podcast, they had a tour going on in the Northeast. They're doing a skating workshop taking place on September 24th at the Giant Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Olympians Timothy LaDuke and Polina Edmonds, along with four-time Olympic coach Craig Morizzi, will host five hours of on and off ice instruction. We'll put information in our show notes for that in case you're interested in taking part. What a busy episode we have had. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I think this might end up being our longest one yet. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But a lot happens during the week. And we're, because we only record this podcast once a week, there may be things that pop up during the week that we will keep you updated on in our various social media online. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Yes, you can find us on our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. And again, if things are happening during the week, You can find us on social media. We'll be tweeting out things. Twitter, it's This WK in Skating. And Facebook and Instagram, it's This Week in Skating. And of course, we'd love to hear your feedback or your questions. Let us know what you thought of both Challenger events. You can reach out to us on social media or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate the support that we received on social media and via email. Gina, um, it's still a busy time over at IceDance.com. We posted a new team series article with novice ice dancers Emily Renzi and William Lissauer. We're also going to have photos from one of the JGP events, the U.S. Classic, and a Lombardia Trophy as our very own Robin was in Lake Placid for the U.S. Classic. And Jordan (laughs) from On Ice Perspectives is or was in Italy at the Lombardia Trophy. So I have photos coming. Stay tuned for those. What's going on over at FSO? Well, pretty similar over at FSO. We also have photos from the U.S. Classic and Lombardia Trophy. They're coming. I'm editing as I quickly as I can. But um, again, great to have Robin at the U.S. Classic and then having Jordan from Anna's Perspectives taking photos for both of us at Lombardia Trophy. I also posted a Q&A with Phoebe Stubblefield. She is the young 13-year-old who did the triple axle earlier, and we saw the video of that. So uh, check out her Q&A. She said something about wanting to be the first of something to do the quad axle. So she can't be the first person because Ilya took that. But she may be the first woman to do a quad axle. We'll just have to wait and see. So, yeah, that article is over there as well. And there will be more stuff coming this week, too. All right. Well, one thing Gina and I haven't mentioned on here, I don't think, is that about a year ago, we became the owners of the IcePartnerSearch.com website. It was developed in the early 2000s by a former ice dancer, Augie Hill, and he was looking for a reliable person or team to take over the site moving forward and asked us if we were willing to do it. And of course we were. So we're also managing that now. And 
So if you're looking for a partner, head on over, create your profile. I try to log in once a day to make approvals. Um, we have to check each profile to make sure that it's actually a legit mm -hmm. profile before we let it get approved. Um, but yeah, that, it's been a lot of fun to be able to continue Augie's great work. Yeah. But next week, <laughs> I just want to say... Gina has decided to go on vacation. Yeah, a vacation that is not skating related. <laughs> <laughs> so she will not be on the episode next week, but I do have a guest co-host that will be coming in to cover things with me. It'll be a little quieter because I think it's just Nebelhorn. Uh, but the let's just say the person coming in <laughs> should be able to give us a little information on the Challenge Cup. Oh, that's a good clue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that episode may come out a little later than expected just yes. because of the special guest schedule. Mm -hmm. um, but I will be back the week after. After. And that will be also a little bit of a later episode coming mm -hmm. out because we will be recording on Monday. But yes, I'm going away. Um, not a skating trip. And we just couldn't. There's no way for me to do it. I'm going to be on a ship. So, <laughs> Yeah, Gina and I are actually going to see each other in person yeah. for like an hour and a half one day. And we decided it's more fun for me to take her to <laughs> this local seafood place in Portland than for us to find a place and, and record a podcast. A podcast. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'll have a special guest. Yeah. And there will probably be a time in... You know, in the coming months where Gina will have to do the same. Yes. Because I have some other competing priorities. But we will always do our best to bring mm -hmm. you our thoughts on the competition as well as any other news that comes up. You're, feel free to contact us via any of the communication methods that Gina mentioned previously. But for this podcast, we have reached the end. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week! <laughs>